my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Nama here, Tefano, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where for this sit-down, I'm grateful to have the brother Jermaine Ainsley on the podcast. But before we crack into things, bro, how's life? Yeah, bro. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, things are going awesome, bro. Um, we've been away for three weeks, obviously, so it's uh, been mean to get back home and uh, see the family and uh, get in my own bed. So, no, things are going well. Team's getting better, too. Um, getting some wins on the board so uh, it's always good vibes around the team as well so just enjoying my footy enjoying being back home yeah absolutely bro i've been talking to a couple of the boys that um sort of play at your level and yeah they talked about how the hotel life isn't all that it's sort of made out to be i think the novelty of sort of getting on a plane and i guess staying in a flash hotel when you're living out of a suitcase and especially like yourself when you've got a young family you can get pretty sick of it pretty quickly so, yeah, obviously, it helps that you guys have been winning some games. Yeah, back-to-back, the boys must be feeling good. Yeah, definitely, bro. I think um, we didn't have a best start of the season, so I think we're kind of finding our feet, identity as a team. So, yeah, it's bring some positivity around the team. And, um, no, the boys are just looking forward to every game, every week now, and just getting better as a team, really. But, no, good vibes around the team and um, looking forward to tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So you touched on the fact that it took you guys a minute to get your first win on the board. How tough was that period? And yeah, like, I guess when you're on the wrong side of stuff, uh, it's, it's it's even more of a snowball effect, really. You know, you get the media in on it. So what was Brownie and co doing to keep things positive? And did you guys make any changes over that period? And have you made any changes even now just to, I guess, suit the way that you guys are wanting to operate and play? Yeah, I think starting way back from pre-season, I guess, we kind of really taken off and really pieced together how we want to play. So, you know, it's either been small things like a wee knock-on or kick hasn't gone in the right spot. You know, just real niggle things, but fixable. Um, I think it's just taken time for us to nail our game plan and take those little moments in the games, you know, to get momentum. So, yeah, I think... Everyone's just stayed in today. It's been a bit of a grind, but everyone's kind of backing what Brownie's trying to do with our team. And yeah, everyone's just trying to play their part. And I think we're starting to get there. Eh? Yeah, bro. And I guess the blessing with this year's competition is that you have eight teams making the playoffs. So, I mean, you just got to get yourself in that position to be around it at the pointy end of the season. And then it's anybody's ball game, bro. But without getting you to look too far ahead, I thought we'd kick things off with taking it all the way back. So... Do you want to take us back to those days and, yeah, how you got into footy and what your childhood was like? Yeah, so uh, just a wee bit of background, yeah. So I've got two sisters uh, and a brother. Started off living in Cromwell, bounced between uh, Dunedin, a little bit of Queenstown too, but mostly in Cromwell. Um, yeah, my old band played footy um, for Landers and the Canes and, yeah, the ABs. Kind of... I guess if I wasn't around as much as I'd like to have him around. So probably mum was kind of the main force with my footy. Always kind of backed me from a wee toddler. So, yeah, I guess the love for footy, watching my old man play on TV was pretty cool. And I guess, yeah, just at a young age, being in New Zealand, footy comes first, really, in this country. So getting involved at an early age and touch rugby, stuff like that, 
kind of just all burst from there, really. But yeah, moved away from Cromwell actually when I was uh, 16 to the Tiger Boys. I uh, left my family to go to the hostel down in uh, Dunedin here. It was a bit tough being away from home, but I got to, you know, learn a lot in the footy, footy realm and, yeah, really enjoyed my time. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into the Otago boy stuff, because I do have some questions for that, bro. Um, having done my homework on you, you said that you were originally a midfielder. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you go from playing in the midfield to then packing it down with the boys in the front row. How, how did that happen? Was it a certain coach? Was it a certain diet? I don't know. Yeah. Can you, <laughs> can, can you reveal anything there? No. Yeah. Was, I think it was uh, under 10s to about 12s. 12s. Yeah. Under 10s to 12, 13. I was playing second five center. Um, yeah. I was real, real small as a kid. I wasn't massive. And then, yeah, found the bakery, good bakery, and uh, lost it from there. Nah, but yeah, I put on some weight as, as a teen and um, found myself slowly getting to the front row. Yeah, coaches were like, all right, you're too heavy, you can't be out there. So, <laughs> but yeah, now that's how I found the front row, really. Yeah, obviously, you've made a career out of that shift, bro. Um, but you touched on the fact that you were in Cromwell until you were 16 before going to Boys High. So, what brought about that opportunity was it that you were carving up in the small pond that is Cromwell and that you wanted to you know experience bigger and better things and was it a mutual thing between Otago boys or did you just do it yourself? Uh, we had this kid at school actually Cromwell College um, he actually passed away from meningitis and um, I think it rocked the whole school but he personally I guess I've, I never really took footy serious. I loved playing it, but I didn't really take it serious. And I think that kid's death kind of, you know, put perspective on what I wanted to do in life and how I wanted to live it. So, yeah, I just went up to my mum one day and just said, oh, I want to, after that happened, I just said, I want to pursue rugby. I want to give it a crack. You know, I was, I was probably doing things that young kids shouldn't be doing, you know, drinking and all that sort of temptation. So... Yeah, from that point on, I just wanted to give life a good crack, give footy a good crack. And um, I thought, yeah, heading down there was one of the better options to, yeah, have a go. And so how much was it uh, in terms of being a culture shock, going from a small town to then living in a hostel? And they touched on the fact that you're a big family guy, so you're away from family. I mean, did it take some adjusting? Yeah, definitely. I think like, the first day is always daunting. Eh? You're, you're living with a bunch of fellas you don't know. And... Obviously, you got the older older guys in the hostel that give you a bit of slack. But, yeah, the first couple of weeks was pretty tough. But, um, yeah, I always just try to think of myself, I'm here for a reason. Um, here to, you know, do something, do, do better for myself. And um, by the end of it, I was, I was loving it. Eh? It was awesome. Yeah, bro. I, um, I have very fond memories of my time at school while I wasn't a boarder. But, yeah, just how much of a, a brotherhood it really is, bro. Um, but touching on your your time playing rugby, I, I see that boys high made the top four two of the three years that you would have been playing first 15. So how much did those experiences amplify your desire to want to become a professional rugby player? Yeah, I think like going into those top four games and seeing all the Auckland boys there and that level of rugby uh, and just, you know, how many buddy athletes there were yeah, playing those sorts of games. And I was playing tight proper, I think it was 87 kilos. I was tiny as. And, uh, yeah, we played St. Kent's final, I think it was my last year. 
um, and I was going up against, yeah, Sione Mafaleas, 135, and I was freaking, but yeah, no, yeah, I guess it, yeah, it fired me up to want to have a crack and do whatever it took to take rugby further. Yeah, I think playing those teams up north just puts a good perspective, I guess, where you kind of sit and where you want to go with rugby, so I really enjoyed those times and uh, first 15. And you performed well enough, I see in your last year, that you ended up cracking the New Zealand Barbarians team. And so given your success at college and the potential that you had, you would have assumed that you would have just slid into the Otago setup. But your journey took a bit of a turn. Um, you ended up heading up over to Perth. So do you want to touch on why you chose to head over to Tasman and I guess not stay put in a system or, or in a country that, you know, arguably produced the best rugby players in the world at that time. Yeah, I suppose, um, yeah, once I've finished up with the Barbarians, um, yeah, Targo Academy sort of came to me and sat me down and said, this is the plan we have for you. Like, we can see your, you know, your future here going really well uh, if you keep doing what you're doing. But my parent, uh, my mum had moved to Perth my last year of boarding school. Uh, that was my sisters and brothers as well. So I just had my uncle, aunties and uh, nana here in Cromwell. So, yeah, I had a good think over that plan that they had offered and what they were prepared to do for me. But, yeah, I was still struggling with, you know, the temptations that he, as a youngster. And I knew that if I didn't have my family around me, I, I probably would have struggled and fell into that, you know, that sort of that drinking culture. So... Yeah, I guess I, I made a choice to head over to Perth to kind of have yeah, my family around me to be able to focus on footy and um, kind of lean on them, you know, and not do it on my own. So, yeah, that was kind of the turning point in my career and a hard one too because obviously being born and bred in Otago, you, you want to stay and pursue things here. But I kind of had to weigh up what was actually going to get me additional footy and I knew, yeah, my family around me was going to be the main driving force. It's a great piece of self-awareness for a guy that, what was it, 18 at the time to, I guess, think things through that thoroughly, bro. But after making that call to be closer to family um, and head over to Australia, where was your mind at with rugby? Was rugby still like the big thing for you? And what sort of opportunities did you have moving to Australia? Like, was that something that after having talks with Otago and then sort of leaving them to the side, did you then, I don't know, have your agent reach out to whoever in Australia to make sure that there was a rugby gig over there for you? Yeah, how did that all work? Uh, yeah, so I spoke to my agent and he just mentioned, yeah, I know someone at a local rugby club there. Uh, it's full of New Zealanders. Uh, I'll reach out to him and I'll let him know you're coming over. But like that was the only only thing I had going. Like I, I literally just going out in faith that um, I knew like family was first and then rugby was after that. So I was like, I just want to get there and be with them and then focus on the footy side. So I guess, yeah, I, I linked up with Netherlands Rugby Club in Perth. And um, yeah, that was all I had leading into going into, into Perth. So then as an 18-year-old, how did you work on your craft around club rugby? I mean, can you even talk us through like what the setup is over there? Because I'm, I'm unfamiliar with how things... I don't know, work with their academies or what sort of filter systems they have that get them to super rugby and then obviously to playing for the Wallabies. But I know that you only have to look at probably boys that you share your changing rooms with, you know, the kids that are coming through the academies these days and there's 
a, a planned progression for how they get to where you're currently at. So yeah, how did you envision yourself eventually getting to where you're at when you're going over to Perth with only you know a, a club rugby gig? Like what what were you doing to put yourself in a position to attract the eyes of rugby coaches further up the line? Yeah, so well, I pretty much got there, got settled in. Then I just got into my notebook and wrote down my goals for that year and the year after. I knew that when I got to Perth, I, I looked up who was there and, and what I sort of needed to do to be able to compete with those sort of sorts of players. But um, yeah, I, I went over pretty light. I was like 105 kilos. Um, I knew I had to get heavier. So like in one year, bro, I put on like 12 kilos, um, played club footy. And then I was lucky enough to get picked up by the state 20s. Be like Otago Hollanders 20s team. Got picked up by them and lucky enough went away to a wee tournament against the other states. Finished that first year up and then repeated that the, the second year. And then after the 20s, state 20s uh, was NRC, which is the ITM Cup. But yeah, I guess the 20s, they had an academy, but I wasn't a part of it because I lived too far away. I was about an hour and hour and a half, hour and 20 away. So I lived kind of far out of the city in Belvivus, which is yeah, but Brian. So yeah, I wasn't traveling up in the morning for that. Right. So you're an hour and a half away from being able to mix it really with what would be what quote unquote the best players from the region. But you're essentially playing ITM Cup. So how long was it that you were playing away with them before you then got your opportunity to play Super Rugby? Yeah, so I think uh, third year after that NRC, I think I got a shot on a two-year contract. And so it was pretty much through two injuries, bro. I wasn't planning to play my first year, but both tight ends got injured in preseason. So I was on the bench for the first game of the year, which was pretty awesome. Also a shock too, but yeah, that's how, how it all kind of started. And what's rugby like over there? Like, Obviously, I, I, I've never actually experienced a game overseas and I guess the Australians probably haven't been at their height for a while. I mean, what was it? It's probably dating back to the early 2000s from when they last won the Bledisloe Cup. But did the Perth fans, like, get in behind the force? And, I mean, like, how does... I mean, I mean yeah, we probably asked that question now. How, how did the training compare to even what you'd experienced in New Zealand as a schoolboy? And how does it compare to what you've been through now? Yeah, I'd I'd say that the at a youngster being over there, you probably don't get as much detailed coaching as you do here. So I was lucky enough that I was you know equipped to to know quite a bit before I went over there. So that probably just shows yeah the level of coaching and your tools compared to over there, I suppose. But yeah, I've I've never really knew what professional environment was like. So I came straight from school, so I only knew what school what he was like. So for me, couldn't I couldn't really compare because I never really knew. But I guess looking back now, I'd say that yeah, that New Zealand's quite far ahead in terms of probably you know in twenty and I'd say probably academy as well that they're a bit ahead. Yeah, well, I guess it shows on the field, right? But having finally got yourself in a position to where you wanted to from when you left Cromwell, I guess when you made that decision to go to Otago Boys, you become a professional player, and you're there for a couple of years before. I guess a spanner is thrown into the works with the force being kicked out of the Super Rugby competition. So for you, having had all your family settled there and then to have, I guess, 
the team or the professional team that you're, you're making a living through, you know, having the news that they're not going to exist the following year, how did that all play out? And did it cause much of a disruption for you personally? Um, yeah, I like, of course, probably the whole team, like huge disruption. I think at the start of the season, they announced it. There was articles. Yeah, there were articles coming out that the force might be getting cut. So I guess it wasn't the start to the season or mid-season it might have been, I can't remember. But um, yeah, it was definitely, you're playing every week with this cloud over your head if you didn't know where the hell you're going to be next year. Um, let alone some players, you know, were doing their first year at the force and didn't know if they have a contract the next year. So yeah, it was, it was definitely real tough. But yeah, kind of shapes who you are today I guess going through that sort of stuff um but yeah when we finally got the news of four I think everyone was pretty gutted because kind of gelling together as a team like I really enjoyed my time there definitely a bunch of good fellas uh starting to yeah gel really well play some good footy and then um yeah unfortunately got cut so yeah everyone kind of went their own ways a big, big chunk of us went to the rebels so yeah all right, so can you talk us through that decision? Why there? Was there other opportunities on the table? Yeah, so I, I got offered to go to the Rebels, uh, also the Reds. Um, I went down there to have a look at the club and things like that. And a um, big chunk of uh, the force players were going to the Rebels and the coaching staff. So I was like, well, at least that's going to be something familiar. So that was yeah, real easy transition and uh, lucky enough my family actually moved with me so they all picked and, and came with me too family affair then so I guess despite the uncertain times and you know having to leave a setup that you'd, you'd grown familiar with having been there for a couple of years you could say that things almost got better for you despite all the uncertainty with moving to Melbourne because in 2018 after playing that season, you ended up getting picked up by the Wallabies. So you took that goal off with playing Test Footy. Where were you when you got that news? And yeah, I guess ticking that box, bro. Like, what were you? You would have been what, 21 at the time, 22? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, I'd, I'd kind of been in the training camp the year before, I think it was. But I never, I never got to play. It was just in the environment. But yeah, I think I was training with them that season. Um, in camp and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, I was just playing playing golf with one of my good mates on the Thursday or the Wednesday. I think the game was on a Friday. And, yeah, they just, by the 10 hours, um, maybe done as hammy. So, yeah, off I went to Sydney, got there on the Wednesday night, um, jumped on the laptops, and I was stressing out because I hadn't even run that week too. I was like, yeah, two weeks off sleep. I'll just... <laughs> heaps and play golf and then um, next minute yeah I'm doing captain's run the next day um, yeah I was kind of stressing out a bit but yeah ended up playing the next day they told me the night before the game yeah against AABs was it was a pretty unreal experience especially against the All Blacks as well I was like stripping out hard out like pretty weird feeling pretty surreal fe feeling but um, yeah I was just happy as to, to get a run out on that game and um, yeah make my debut and lucky enough, my mum and sister flew over just in time. Oh, crazy things, bro. And before we get into the game and I guess what you can recall from it, if you do remember anything, bro, you touched on the fact that you grew up supporting the All Blacks. Your old man was an All Black. And so I guess that was always going to be the dream. But then to, I guess, have that all shift once you move to Australia and know that, well, 
okay, I'm a young fella over here and probably my opportunity to play international footy um, is going to be for the Wallabies, seeing as, you know, I'm, I'm earning my living over there. So I guess at that point, did you only ever see yourself settling in Australia? Like, did you ever have any sort of aspiration to potentially come back to New Zealand? And with them knowing that you come from New Zealand, is that like something that you have to relate to them? So do they, you know, reach out to your agent? Are they like, you know, we're interested in Jermaine, does he want to come into camp with us? And then if that happened, like how tough a decision is that to be like, man, I've got an opportunity, like we said earlier, to take off a goal, but you know, it's, it's not an all-black jersey. Yeah, I think it was real mixed emotions, eh? Like, when I got asked to come in, super stoked. Like, what an opportunity to represent Australia or any country. Um, I battled with it a long time, to be honest. But to get noticed, to be able to be in an environment like the Wallabies is still, you know, this country gave me an opportunity and my family an opportunity to have a better life. Can you just talk us through, like, how weird it must be, especially as a Māori, to face the haka? You know, to have the New Zealand national anthem sung and you're there waiting to have the Australian one sung for you and your boys that you've lined up alongside. And then even getting on the field, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't want to speak for you, bro, but I'm guessing that any Kiwi that ends up playing for another nation, if they could play any team, they'd probably want to play the All Blacks. And then for you to get that opportunity in your first one, did it take you maybe a couple of rucks before you were like, oh, man, I need to sort of like come down from this high? Yeah, oh, definitely, bro. Like, it took me a bit in the game because I, I came on early because there was a uh, Scobie Kipu had um, blood bin, so I was um, shitting myself because I came on in, like, 22 minutes or something. So I was like, got penalised first time I came on. I was like, I'm ready. But, um, yeah, came off and then went back on in the second half. And, yeah, it wasn't until a few rucks where I was like, shit, this is real. Like, but, yeah, facing the haka was, was pretty unreal, like... Just weird being on that side, I suppose, you know, facing the haka. And yeah, the national anthem, I was, to be fair, I was singing a little bit of my head, eh? Because, <laughs> you know, I've <laughs> been cool and they're always, always doing it in class and things like that. But nah, yeah, I learned the Aussie one and um, yeah, still sung that with passion. Too good, Bumbo. So you bank your first cap and you end up scoring a few more before the end of the year against another couple of big nations, you know, England. And then you spend the next two years with the Rebels uh, before then ultimately making the call to come home in 2021, but obviously you had to make the call in 2020. So why is it that you chose to come home with having all of your family settled in Melbourne? And it seemed like things were, well, the boys weren't winning a lot of games. Um, things were ticking along nicely. Um, so yeah, can you talk us through what drew you back to Otago or, you know, was there other interest across the country? Yeah, I guess um, 2019, 2020 at the Rebels, I just, I don't know, I kind of felt I was hitting a, like, a roadblock in my career. I just wasn't feeling like I was playing my best footy. I just felt like, you know, I was, uh, wasn't really enjoying my footy there. Um, my wife at, at the time, Emily, she was noticing, you know, I was kind of wasn't enjoying myself. So things just progress and progress. So, yeah, basically went to my agent at the end of 2020, and just, yeah, said we want a new opportunity to go somewhere else. You know, I still feel like there's more in my career that I can I can get better as a player. And then, yeah, how I got over here was a bit weird. I've, my mum does real estate. Um, she sold a house to one of the board members at the Hondas. And then um, he asked my mum, well, how's your son going? If he's interested in coming home, well, 
we'll try and um, something out. So, mate, it was all it was all go from there. Once I heard that they were keen, I was yeah, it was either uh, the landers or in America. So yeah, me and my wife sat down and we mapped it out and put all the positive and negatives. You know how it rolls. So yeah, I guess the move to go to New Zealand was. Yeah, me and my wife wanted something different for a change. Um, we'd been in Melbourne for a year and a half, two years, three, or myself, three or four. Um, yeah, I wanted to be better in my career. I still felt like I had a lot to offer, and I just knew I wasn't getting that out of myself within the Rebels. So, yeah, I, honestly, I, I just wanted to push myself as a player, and I knew I hadn't been around a professional environment in New Zealand, so... I mean, being an Aussie for so long, I wanted to be, wanted to see what it was like. You know what I mean? And you always hear good things players that go to New Zealand, even just to play ITM Cups. So, yeah, that was the main reason for us to yeah get better as a as a player. All right. So shout out to Mum for hooking that job opportunity up, my bro. So yeah. uh, after you've signed with the Highlanders, and I think that I'm assuming they rope you into having to sign with a province as well. So you ended up signing with Otago. Yeah, so a bit of a homecoming for you. Um, but your debut for your region or your new teams didn't come until the end of October last year after sustaining a ankle injury during the preseason. So, yeah, what, what did you do in that time while you're doing your rehab? And I guess there must have been some sort of silver lining with the fact that your first jersey that you put on when you did get home was for Otago. So, yeah, did you take anything out of that? Yeah, I think bro, it's probably one of the toughest, toughest um, times of my career, definitely as a player, bro. Um, done the full preseason, um, first preseason game, two days before the game, uh, ankle. So, been feeling fit as was, you know, training well, um, and then that that happened. Um, yeah, had to got a scan, had to get surgery, and that was a six to eight month, I think it was. But yeah, that probably six to eight months was was real tough. Um, didn't really get to know a lot of the boys in the team because obviously when you're injured, bro, you're not around the team as much. So yeah, I was kind of just dug, dug myself in a hole. I was, I was kind of just going through the motions a bit, doing my rehab. Would go home at lunchtime, jump on Warzone. That was sort of my outlet. But um, yeah, my wife helped me through that period. You know, for me, it was getting to the awards night and you know seeing all the awards of the, of the players and things like that for the season really really hit home for me so yeah I try to turn that into into a positive thing and and to push me hereafter or even push me you know to come back to my first game so yeah playing that first game for Otago after my injury I can't remember what month it was bro I think it was August maybe yeah just running out then bro it was it wasn't Honda's but it was Otago it was still just as much as special as Honda's to me so I look back at that that injury and I go tough but Geez, it's rewarding running out now for Otago and I'm freaking loving my loving my footy, loving the boys and, you know, kind of fulfilling a childhood dream, really. Yeah, bro. Grateful for all the opportunities that would, I guess, come because you probably know better than me and my man that, you know, when you're in that professional environment, all it takes is one injury to take a season away from you and then potentially take a career away from you, my bro. But... You ended up making your debut for the Highlanders round one of this year and you've gone on to play in every single one of them and start all but one. And while I know nothing about front row play, from all the games that I have watched you guys play, 
your scrum has held its own, especially with you and Ethan uh, anchoring. So have you been happy with how the season has been tracking for yourself? And again, not that I'm wanting to um, get you to look too far ahead, but you know, there's been a lot of talk in the media around there needing to be a refresher in the front row. And given the new World Rugby eligibility rules, you are now, what's the word I'm trying to look for here? You are, yeah, you're eligible to play for the All Blacks. So after, I guess, hearing that news, what would have been last year, and then, you know, having that time to, I guess, set yourself some goals for 2022, is that what sort of culminated in you, one, getting picked week in, week out, and then performing? Yeah, bro. I think starting that, um, I think it was only a couple of months ago that came out, eh? So... At the back of my mind, I was sort of gutted because I could never push to a high level. You know what I mean? I was just like, it's the Highlanders and then that's it for me. So for that role to come out was just like, all right, I don't know if I'll ever make it, but still, shit, I'm going to have a crack and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep grinding away and playing the best I can. But um, yeah, obviously not trying to look too far ahead. I've just been trying to enjoy my footy, soak up, you know, all the knowledge that the coaches give. And, yeah, I'm happy with my performances. Like, I feel like I'm playing better footy here than I was in Aussie. I feel like I get involved a lot more here. The coaches that you play a lot freer, you know, if you want to throw an offload here and there, it's all good. But, um, yeah, our, our, our scrummaging, like, I'm enjoying, you know, scrumming with the boys, Ethan and um, Colty. But, you know, everyone's everyone pushes each other at training. And I think that's ultimately what helps you, you know, scrum well on game day. So, you know, it's um, credit to all the other props that prep our scrum and get the boys going on game day. So, yeah, I'm just loving playing my footy at the moment, you know, enjoying the Highlanders, you know, fulfilling the childhood dream. Not looking too far ahead, bro. I like it. But then, I guess it is looking ahead, but it's not that far ahead. It's only a day. Got the force tomorrow night. Is it going to be weird playing them? No, nah, it will be a bit weird, eh? Will be a bit wet. I know a few of the boys from uh, when I played there, which would be pretty cool to see them after the game. And um, no, I'm looking forward to playing them. Like it'd be weird, yeah, being on this side, eh? It's like being at the Wallabies against All Blacks. It's like sort of, you know, kind of like that. So for now, I'm just looking looking forward to going out and um, playing against them. I know they're pretty good side. So um, yeah, it'd be a tough game. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, what the rest of the season has in store for you boys and hopefully you guys can yeah, stay in that eight and then yeah like we said earlier it's anyone's ball game once you get to the pointy end of the season but I think that's everything that I've wanted to cover from your career so far my man but before I let you go I like to end my interviews on two different segments the first being can you take me through your game day routine please game day routine oh I'll sleep until about nine or ten uh, I only eat one meal. Eggs Benny is my go-to. So if it's small, I'll get another feed. But yeah, normally one or two feeds on, on game day, and that's me uh, for the day. I won't eat again. But um, yeah, just just the normal, bro. I like to listen to music, chill out before the game, spend time with my wee one, Kiani, so, uh, my wife. And then, um, yeah, just pump the music on the way to the game. Get ready with my, my notes for the game during the week make sure that I've um, done everything I need to in the week to prepare me for the, for the game and then it's just game on from there really so easy no superstitions left boot right boot nah, definitely not nah. I remember I was talking to your your boy Ethan last year my man um, and he was saying that he only eats green jet planes so 
Oh, has true. He, has he got you into that? No. Ah, that's the first time I've heard of that. All right, yeah. bro. You had to you had to you had to watch him for me tomorrow night to make sure he's not full of it. But rolling into my last segment, this is called Ten in the Bin. Got ten quick fire questions, and you just answer with whatever comes to mind first. All right, number one, who was your childhood idol? Oh, I just say my dad. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, champion lightweight. Who's the biggest lightweight? You know. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I don't know. All right, bro. We'll leave that one to the side. Uh, what's your must on a day off? Uh, golf. Nice. Uh, worst coach's pet? Ethan. <laughs> um, favorite cheat meal? Uh, KFC. What's your order? Zinger stacker. Two of them. Yep. Truth. Is that after every game? Oh, yeah, mostly. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, cheapest teammate? Cheapest teammate? Reese. Reese Marshall. Interesting. Uh, second dream. So if you weren't playing footy and living it, what else would you like to be doing? Say that again, over. All right. Uh, biggest grub you've played with or against? Matt Phillip from the Rebels. Cool. Uh, best piece of advice you've received? Uh, best piece of advice. Live, live every day. Live every day like it's the last. Cheesy, but I like it. Um, all right, last question, my bro. You just got to finish off the sentence for me. Saturdays are for... KFC. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. <laughs> that's a business decision if I've ever heard one. Holy. But hey, I can't knock the hustle, my bro. Uh, um, that brings this podcast to a close. Uh, I just want to reiterate how grateful I am to have you take some time out to talk to me. Um, all the best for the rest of the season and hopefully we see you boys in the playoffs giving the team a good run for its money no, thanks for having me bro really enjoyed it so cheers legend Jermaine catch you later <laughs>